good morning, everybody. It's a Wednesday. You hear the music. You know what's happening. Time now for a Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. In the studio today, your realty expert, John Brodine. And we're going to be talking with John right after this. Look, if you want that home, let's go get you that home. And it's okay to feel a little nervous. Or to not know what to look for. Because our network agents have the expertise to take the scary out of buying a home. Well, most of it. Now, let's go get you home. All right, we are back with your realty expert, John Brodine, here in a Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. Johnny, can I call you Johnny? Sure. How you doing, man? Good, man. How about yourself? Good, good, good. I was uh, looking at you um, <clears throat> showing off. Uh, you had a, a Facebook post. Oh. Uh, you and you and Mrs. Brodine yeah. uh, must have been at the lake somewhere. Yeah, we spent the weekend in the cities. So uh, one of Carolyn's really good friends from college, um, she married a Norwegian guy, so she lives in Norway now. Oh, um, she was back in the cities for like the first time since her wedding in mm. I think 2019. Mm-hmm. So we went down there, got together with them. Yeah, we went to one of her family members' lake place one of the days. Did a whole bunch of fun stuff in the cities. So. Yeah. How is the Twin Cities right now? Is it mayhem like everybody thinks or not too bad? I mean, I haven't I haven't been like downtown in the cities mm-hmm. for, for a while. Um, but no, it seemed pretty normal to me. Me and one of my friends were looking for a place to stop in and, you know, get something to eat and get a drink Saturday afternoon. And there wasn't really too many bars or restaurants open. It was really a tough to find. I, I wonder if they're um, struggling a little bit to find help as well. Oh, down sure. There. But sure. No, we stayed at a nice hotel downtown. It's I, I always love going downtown Minneapolis, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. that big city feel. Yep. But it was yep. nice. It was a really good time. I was down there for a Minnesota Wild game a couple of years ago, and it was during St. Patrick's Day. Oh, and yeah. we were staying at the big motel right kitty corner across from where the Wild play. Okay. And it's all Irish bars down there. Yep. And it was crazy fun. I mean, I would go back down there for the, that again in a heartbeat and the wild one. Yeah. So that was a good time. I've been down there for that, too. They have, what do they call it? The the pub crawl? Or yeah. I can't remember what it's called. And they had but, a parade, and they yeah. had a big tent set up with bands and all of this stuff. But yeah. And we could watch it all right out the window from the motel. And, and boy, there was a lot of green beer. Yeah. Ooh, a the, lot the of green beer. The year I went, it was freezing. Yeah, yeah. It was... <laughs> But it was a ton of fun. Yeah, it's funny. The Irish and cold weather and beer, it it seems like a great combination, doesn't it? (laughs) hand in hand. Everybody's Irish for a day, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I tell you what, uh, you know, when you look at the weather, a lot of people think the year comes to an end uh, Mm -hmm. because everybody's already talking about the W word, which I still think we have summer left. Yep. But um, how about a year-to-date kind of market recap or something? Yeah, so our market's been super hot for the past year, and later in the um, summer of, you know, probably like from June on last summer, it, it was the market was very, very hot in Grand mm-hmm. Forks as well. Um, but just to give you an update on how activity is, is different this year from last year. Um, so 111 more sales have closed this year. 600 sales have closed so far this year. At this point, last year, 489 sales had closed. Um, the median sale price is up $10,100. Uh, from two twenty four nine to two thirty five, the average sale price is up twenty one thousand six hundred ninety two dollars from two forty two uh, and two hundred forty two thousand sixty six dollars to two hundred sixty three seven hundred thirty eight dollars. 
it's better for people to look at the median sale price mm-hmm. because the average sale price um, is skewed a little bit more by you know a few more high end sales. Yeah, through, it maybe. only takes one or two houses to just completely mess up the average. Yes, so the median is going to be a more accurate. But both of those have gone up substantially, which is great news for Grand Forks homeowners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a lot for for values to go up in one year. Ten thousand, uh, pretty close to ten thousand average. That's a lot. Um, the the average went up by over twenty one thousand. Twenty one thousand, and then the median went up by about ten thousand. Okay, okay. Yeah. So um, days on market is an important one to look at as well. That's down thirty eight days at this point. Last year, the average on the closings was one hundred and forty four days. Keep in mind that sounds like a lot. But that's from listing until closing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, that's not just until it accepts an offer. I mean, it could be a done deal, but it's really not. Exactly. Uh, you just got to go through all the, you know, the things. And that, <laughs> that contract to close period, once you accept an offer until you actually get paid, is about 45 days. Okay. So that went from 144 days at this point last year to 106 days this year. So that's pretty substantial. Mm-hmm. Um, months of inventory. We talk about months of inventory. Um, Basically, that measures the balance between supply and demand. High months of inventory would mean it's a buyer's market. Anything over six months of inventory is typically a buyer's market. That means there's a lot of inventory compared to the number of buyers that are out there. Okay. Uh, low inventory means it's a seller's market. The sellers have all the leverage, um, and that's anything usually below five or six months of inventory. Five to six months of inventory is kind of a balanced market where neither party really have that much of the upper hand. Um, so the average months of inventory, when we average out all the months of the year up till this point, um, is down 2.39 months from 4.66 months at this point last year uh, to 2.27 months this year. Strong seller's market. That's If you could characterize the market we're in so far this year by one little thing, it's that. Low inventory, lots of activity going through. Okay, do you prefer low inventory or high inventory then? I... Well, as an investor and a homeowner in Grand mm-hmm, Forks, mm-hmm. I prefer low inventory because those are the type of conditions where prices rise. And sure. I do primarily, like, I work with both buyers and sellers, but I'm over 50% sellers. Oh, okay. So um, it's it's easier to set records and get top dollar when inventory is low. I bet. Okay. It's tough on buyers. If you're working with buyers, you can write a lot of offers and get outbid by somebody willing to waive their appraisal mm-hmm. contingency or pay 20,000, you know, not 20,000, but well over asking price right, or something right. like that. So each has their pros and cons. Sure. And it can't stay like this forever. It's just, it never does. Right. And, and the only reason I asked you that is because, um, uh, just for example, I mean, I know this is nothing, good, but you drive by, say, a car lot. Yep. <clears throat> um, you know, maybe two months ago, there was four cars on the lot. Yeah. You drive by there today, there's 54 cars on the lot. So you got low inventory and high inventory. Mm-hmm. And that's the only reason I asked you that. I'm trying to compare, you know, I know it's apples to oranges, but in my dumb brain, you know, trying to figure this out. And, and, and you guys always teach me so much, but <laughs> that's the only reason I asked you that. Yeah. And and you say it's far off, but it's it's same concept, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the more supply there is for something and the less demand there is for something, the lower prices are going to go. Okay. And the more demand there is for something and the less supply there is for something, the higher prices are going to go. Gotcha. Yep. So okay. Simple, you know, high school economics. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really not a different concept from what you're mentioning. Remember who you're talking to now, John. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right on. You're right on. Um, Okay, so months of inventory is very important. Active listings. um, So at uh, this is just, you know, where the active listings were at at this point last year. Um, The number of active listings is down from last year by 68 listings. Last year at this point in time, there were 221 listings active on the market. This year, 153. Um, So... 
you know, big, mm-hmm. big change there, less inventory, same thing, you know, supply and demand, supply is lower. Um, and as we can see with the number of sales going through, demand is higher. You got to keep in mind too, those spring months, there was very little activity last year when everybody yeah. was locked in their homes. Mm-hmm. So that's something to consider. Um, this is a number that we don't go over terribly often, but it's pretty important. And to put this in perspective, some of the markets, you know, that are really kind of manic and crazy. Um, like I, I had just heard the other day that the average, um, in like the Seattle market, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. uh, was an original list to sale price ratio of a uh, 107. Okay. Um, so what that means is the average home is selling for 7% over their asking price. Oh, Wow. And that's not the case here, but it's better than it has been. So last year at this point in time, uh, the original list to sale price ratio was 95.9%. So that means the average seller is coming down almost 4% off their listing price, uh, whether it's through negotiations or price reductions Mm -hmm. or a combination of the two. Um, This year, 98.34%. So they're coming down less than 2% off of their original listing price with negotiations Mm -hmm. and price reductions. Mm -hmm. So you hear people talking all the time. Sometimes it's like the game of telephone where things get, uh, you know, the the story changes every time the story gets told. And next thing you know, somebody's saying, oh, I've heard houses in Grand Forks. Every house is selling for 50,000 over asking price. (laughs) Not the case, but it is strong. Yeah. Um, The average house is not selling for over asking price, but attractive homes, it's pretty common for an attractive home that's priced properly to sell over asking price. Right. So so if the inventory is low, uh, let me see if I get this right. Usually the price can go over the yes. asking price. More common. But if you have got a lot of inventory, then I could see where it would probably go a little under the asking price. Or, just or a because. lot under. Yep. Or, okay. If, okay. if inventory is very high and we're in a buyer's market, the sellers have to compete really hard to, to get the home sold because sure. there's a lot of sellers for every buyer out there. So... The, li- the listings, you know, you always, when you're, when you're a seller, you always need to try to win the, the beauty contest and the pricing war. Um, but when you're in a hot buyer or a strong buyer's market, tons of inventory, not very many buyers, mm-hmm. that's where they're competing against each other even harder with price reductions. Um, buyers are just tearing them up in negotiations, all that kind of thing. Um, in this market, it's more like the buyers are competing against each other really hard mm-hmm. um, for those few attractive listings that are properly priced that are out there. Um, but the average home this year is not selling over listing price. Okay. Um, during those hottest spring months, we did see quite a few. Like I even had a couple that went upwards of 12000 over listing price. Mm. But those are very attractive properties that are staged really well, uh, you know, they, they check all the boxes for a huge buyer pool. And that's how those go up over, uh, over that asking. You know, when you, you mentioned check the boxes, um, and we have said this a billion times on these Berkshire Hathaway biweekly podcasts, but um, if you're thinking about selling or you want to sell or you want to buy, the earlier you get your foot in the door, the better. 100%. Yep, the mm-hmm. earlier they contact me, the better. Okay. Um, the more prepared sellers and buyers always, seems like they always come out with a better uh, outcome. They make a better purchaser sale. They have mm-hmm. more profitable purchaser sale. Um, and it's usually a less stressful thing. So for the people out there who are hearing that, oh my gosh, average sale price rose by you know $20,000 in, uh, in one year, are we in a housing bubble? You hear that a lot, especially you have some of these markets around the country that are, you know, crazy where mm-hmm. things are selling for upwards of more than, you know, 7% yeah. or more yeah. over asking price. Are we in a bubble? Um, 
Now we know that like, you know, the 2007 market was a bubble, mm-hmm. um, some ways. So one of the biggest things that characterized the 2007 market, what led to the housing market crashing back then, um, was that people couldn't afford the houses that they were in. They had very low, uh, equity and they were not actually qualified for the loan they took out. You had stated income loans. The underwriting process was, uh, much less thorough. Thorough is even, you can't even say thorough. It was kind of reckless. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. So some of the biggest things that have changed, um, first off, right now is the highest ever, since they started keeping track of it, highest ever equity held by U.S. homeowners in history. So I think they started keeping track around this of this around the 80s. Okay. So homeowners having a lot of equity is a really good thing. Let's say the market uh, turns, people need to get out of their houses fast. If they have a lot of equity, that's a sign that they're not going to be going into foreclosure. Sure, foreclosure sure. happens when you don't have enough equity to sell your home mm-hmm. and you're upside down. Upside on it. down, and that led to foreclo- the foreclosure crisis of like 2007 and 2008. Now, the other thing that's a really strong indicator that shows that we're in a different situation than we were in 2007, 2008 um, is so. There's a number called the household debt service ratio. This also they also started tracking this. Um, in 1980. So this basically means out of a household's, uh, you know, after-tax income, what percentage of their after-tax income are they spending on their debts? This could be their home, their house, their house payment, uh, including taxes and insurance, their, uh, car payment, mm-hmm. other debt, credit card debt, etc. And you, the lower this number is the better. Cause that means that people are living within their means. They're not, they're not buying things they can't afford. Um, they are not, completely being crushed by debt. Right, right. Right. And the the household debt service ratio is at its lowest that it's been since they started keeping track. I think it's eight point something, which is a really strong indicator, huge difference from 2007 when I think it was at one of the highest that it's been mm-hmm. since they've been keeping track because people were buying homes that they couldn't afford. Right now, people are buying homes they can afford. They're in homes that they can afford. They have a lot of equity because of home, you know, prices going sure. up. And, um, the lenders are using, you know, it's very responsible lending practices where their underwriting is not going to allow you to buy a home that you can't afford. Um, so this is important when you're looking at these indicators to make sure that we're, you know, that we're never going back to a 2007 type bubble where right. you're going to have a foreclosure crisis. You're going to have people. <clears throat> and, and the other thing is, so, and another, another reason that the household debt service ratio is low is because the in- interest rates are very low. And this is not a situation where, Back then, people were using adjustable rate mortgages. So, mm-hmm. so they're able to qualify for this loan right now. They're maybe able to barely afford the payments right now. But then when their mortgage interest rate adjusts, yep. they're no longer able to afford the payments. Mm-hmm. Right now, the majority of home buyers are locking in you know, 30-year, 15-year, whatever, fixed, right. fixed rate loans, mm-hmm. meaning their interest rate is not going to go up. Their, their taxes and insurance may adjust slightly as time goes on. Their interest rate and their house payment, the principal and interest portion, is not going to change. So that's also a good sign. That means if even if prices took a dip, they can stay in, they can stay in their home and continue to afford their payment, which is huge. Was not the case in 2007. Mm-hmm. So these are some important things to look at. You, you know, sometimes you hear see news stories and they can kind of twist statistics to meet their narrative. They might say, "Oh, the housing market slowed by X number of percent." Um, 
But even if the housing market slowed by X number of percent, you've got to look at where it's at. You know, if it went from a one month of inventory to two months of inventory, they say, oh, inventory rose and the market slowed by, you know, 100% or whatever. But you're still in a super strong seller's market. Right, right. So all indicators are really good. And I think it's a great sign. People should not be worried about this. It's, it's good, good news for homeowners. Not a bad uh, year-to-date market recap, then, no, is it? not at all. I'm, I'm glad to have good news to report on. Yeah, that is great. Um, you know what, John Brodeen, a realty expert, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, maybe they're looking to buy or sell, how do they do that? 701-213-5428. Remember to reach out to me in advance, ask me what type of projects you should do before you sell, make the most of my services. Well, like we've said, it's never too early if you're thinking about buying or selling. Uh, get a hold of John Brodeen. He is your realty expert with Berkshire Hathaway. And if you do buy a house from John or maybe you're looking to sell, and like he said, there's some things that might need to be fixed, get a hold of Executive Properties. They'll get her all prettied up for you, and they do it in a great way, too. You can call them up, 701-330-1273, or go to executiveproperties.org. Uh, what a great combo, Executive Properties and John Brodeen. And we're going to see John again on Friday on your Berkshire Hathaway bi-weekly podcast. We will see you then.